Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions this afternoon, coming to you live. Unless you heard at the beginning, this is a uh, encore presentation. It is a live broadcast coming to you from the studios of Grace FM right here in the middle of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Shout out and welcome to everyone on the Grace FM radio network. What a blessing to bring this to you up and down the front range, whether you're listening up in in the Denver metro area and north on 89.7 or south of Castle Rock, you have to pick up that signal at 101.7 all throughout Colorado Springs down into Pueblo West. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. Been here 23 years now. The church, uh, we've been living in Colorado now 23 years. The church turns 23 in December. And I'm telling you, time goes by really fast. And I'm reminded of what Pastor Chuck Smith taught us. Only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. You just got to get busy. Listen, this, this, this is the time, not the time to be messing around. This is a time to get serious about your relationship with the Lord, to get serious about being an Acts 2.42 Christian. And you're like, what? What is an Acts 2.42 Christian? Well, an Acts 2.42 Christian is someone who continues steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine, in the breaking of bread, in prayer, and fellowship. And that's what God's calling you to. He wants you to be in the Word and pray every day. He wants you to be in fellowship with other believers, have a vibrant prayer life, sitting at the table of communion, serving your heart out as unto the Lord. Let's just do it these last days. Stop bickering and complaining and pressuring and politicking and religiosity. And let's be serious about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. Shout out to everyone on the Radio by Grace Network. You're listening to this live as well. We have installed the technology on both stations and both networks so that you guys on the Grace, if your station has Grace attached to it, we are coming alive. Grace FM, Radio by Grace, and then our friends on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, you're listening to this one week delayed. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Put that in your your address book, 303-690-3000. Or you can text me. Let me. I don't have my text screen open, so let me open that. You can text me at 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. This is Oscar from Amarillo, Texas. 
My dog passed away two Tuesdays ago. How am I to grieve my pet? Does it say in the Bible where our pets go? Well, Oscar, the grief that you feel for losing a a beloved pet is very similar to the grief you would have in any other loss. Uh, loss is loss. And yes, uh, those listening in, there are degrees of loss, um, you know, or more significant losses than others, but loss is loss and grief is grief. And so you approach the grief that you feel losing your pup um, the same way you would feel any other kind of grief, pressing into the Lord, praying, seeking him. You know, the question of whether pets go to heaven or not, um, uh, there's debate over it. The Bible doesn't say one way or the other, except that the Bible does say that only the blood of Jesus Christ covers humans. Humans are in a different category than animals, and animals have not been given any provision for eternal life, according to the Bible, um, that I can read or hear or see. Are there animals in eternity? There are actually animals in eternity, um, but whether they are, are pets that we enjoyed uh, on earth or not, I, I really don't think so. The Bible doesn't say, but I can say this, whatever eternity it has for us, it will be far greater than anything we've ever experienced. And things will change in eternity, um, which could very well mean our relationship to animals could change uh, because, you know, the most important relationship or one of the most important relationships on the planet Earth is marriage and marriage does not carry into eternity uh, because we will be reunited with we are the bride of Christ, and we'll be reunited with Jesus. So great question. Thanks for calling, or thanks for texting. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Heading over to Tennessee, Sean, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm good, uh, how are you? I just want to say God bless you guys for what you do in helping people to understand more I, I really appreciate you guys. Um, my question is, okay, I work as a, an armed security officer okay. uh, for, for a bank. And okay. uh, I, I do keep a weapon at home for home protection. Okay. But something's been bothering me lately. And just to let you know uh, from the front, I don't ever in my life want to have to pull the trigger. I bet. To hurt anybody or to kill anybody, even yes. if it's self-defense. Yes. Uh, but if I did have to, and I killed somebody that yes. was trying to kill me or kill one of the employees here or yes. in my home, um, what is, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, would I go to hell? I mean... I did take a life. Are you a no, born again believer? Yeah. Let, let, right. Let's let's answer the question a different way, and then I'll get to the the root of your question. But are you a born again believer? Yes, I am. Yeah. Then you won't go to hell because the blood of Jesus Christ has cleanses cleansed you from all sin. Um, so, so you can take that thought off the table. Um, and then when okay. the the question of self defense, the Bible does make provision to protect uh, property. Uh, and to protect people 
And there is a significant uh, instruction in the scriptures for widows and orphans to be cared for and protected. Jesus told the disciples to take a sword uh, when they were out um, sharing the gospel. Um, And so certainly you can uh, exercise self-defense. Okay. All right. I I, uh, I did ask a couple people, and I got two different views on that. One person was like, uh, murder is murder, you know, and you go to hell, you know, and I'm just like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Well, it's interesting. uh, You know, God makes provision. God, just like our legal system, you know, our legal system has been predicated upon the scriptures. It's been, uh, it's been changed and corrupted over the years, but the basis of legalities uh, in the Western culture has been based upon the Bible. And God makes a distinction between murder and manslaughter, or murder and accidental death, or murder and self-defense, and so even those distinctions are made in the scriptures. So it's not it's not okay just to say, well, you took a life. Well, why did you take a life? And how did you take a life? And what were the circumstances? Those need to be sorted out. You know, there might be, a, in, in any case, there might be some temporary consequence. You know, the legal system or a jury or attorneys get involved and maybe there's some kind of con- consequence this side of eternity. Um, however, the... The reality of self-defense is a biblical concept. Okay. Okay. I, I understand now. You made me feel a lot better. But like I said, I don't ever want to have to pull that trigger. Ever. I don't even go to the gun range anymore. It's like, I don't know. Ever since it's been bothering me, I, you know, but I don't ever want to have to go. I don't want to ever have to take someone's life. I, 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 I hear you, and I think the Lord knows your heart. But can I make a suggestion to you? Yes, sir. You really should go to the gun range, and you should continue to handle that weapon with the kind of care and concern that you have and practice with okay. it and use it with precision You know, and be a master uh, having to carry such a powerful weapon. Um, and you can go okay. to the range with confidence and, and even prayerfully. God... I want to be the best security guard that that I can possibly be, and I never want right. to pull this weapon. But if I do, you know, and I have to pull it in a crowded. You said you work at a bank. Well, I work at uh, different the corporate places. Office, so basically, there's okay. it's not a it's not the bank bank. It's but the there's people there. Employees, right? yes. Yeah, so you know, I want to. You know, you could even part of your prayer could be maybe you write it out and pray it every day and say, you know, if I ever have to pull this out, God, I don't want I don't want to harm anyone. And if I do have to harm anyone, I want to be so precise with this weapon that I, I don't accidentally or, or you know, I don't. So, so go ahead and press in to using that weapon and being trained in it uh, and, and practicing so that if the worst case scenario, you know, my son was a police officer, uh, he felt the same way. He did not want to use his gun, but he also pressed in to, to be trained, to practice to make sure that he kept his skills, you know, at a level that if he ever had to, he could have a clean conscience that he used it with all the training and care and skill that was necessary. Right. Well, it's only been a been a month. Uh, I really wanted to uh, get more understanding, and you've cleared that up for me, and I, I appreciate that. Right on. You, you guys, are, you guys are awesome, and you guys stay blessed and be safe. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. 
303-690-3000. The phone lines are wide open. 303-690-3000. All right, we're waiting for the phone lines. While we're waiting, I'll jump right in to this text. I heard from a friend about the annihilation when it comes to unbelievers at the judgment. I never heard of this before. What are your thoughts uh, on it if you have heard of it before? Yeah, the Bible does not teach annihilation. So your friend is telling you something that is not biblical. People just don't cease to exist. Uh, this topic of annihilation is not is not accurate. You and I and the unbelievers in our lives are eternal. And hell is eternal. And annihilation, the thought that you just cease to exist, is is not biblically accurate. Uh, for example, uh, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, Satan, the beast, and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire, being tormented day and night forever and ever. And it's clear that these three are not extinguished, being cast into the lake of fire, according to Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. In one of the powerful verses that Jesus taught about the eternality of judgment and the eternality of hell is in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 46. Then they, the unsaved, will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And the same Greek word is used to refer to the destiny of the wicked and the righteous. So think about it. If we, and I just, I saw that uh, our team just put a little clip on, what do they call it on Instagram, a little reel from one of my Bible studies recently, uh, and I said something like this, you know, he heaven is such a popular topic, you know, everybody loves to talk about heaven, um, everybody wants to go to heaven, but hell is just as real, and people don't like talking about hell, and here Jesus says, right here, the eternality of those that go to heaven is equal to the eternality of those who live separate from God in hell. Matthew twenty five forty six. Great, great question. I appreciate you uh, calling 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let me check the phone lines. All right, let's head over to Baltimore, Maryland. Chris, welcome Hello, to the Pat program. Fred, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So um, if you recall, I actually uh, emailed you uh, not too long ago. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. You want me to start off with uh, the beginning or what do you want yeah, me to well, do? Like, you, you know, know? what? Make, give, make it a condensed version for our radio audience because nobody knows about your email, but it's got to be short. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, about, I guess it was a little over two years ago, I had called in uh, the show um, asking for some guidance because uh, I was trying uh, to um, forgive someone. Um, my, my father was actually murdered uh, mm, a long yes, time ago, and I yep. was having problems with doing with, with the forgiveness. So uh, I worked through the book, and, and it's taken about two years, but I finally have forgiven him, and mm. I've actually written to him in prison, and we have a little correspondence going on back and forth. So I want to thank you, and uh, like maybe we could do a celebratory prayer. That's fantastic. I'm so encouraged. Enough, was it fast enough? Was it fast enough? <laughs> you know, it's it's it is it is challenging to forgive yeah. and such great 
you know, such great, um, uh, what can I, what would we say? Um, just hard, difficult, and unjust, um, and the Holy Spirit just ministering to you to give you the capacity to receive the forgiveness of God that you might then extend the forgiveness of God. It's pretty powerful. So, yeah, I God, guess, I, I guess I, it has to be through, through the Holy Spirit, right? It, it, it is only the Holy Spirit. You got that right. Father, I pray for Chris and we rejoice and celebrate together of the work of your Holy Spirit, uh, how powerful it is for you to um, for you to work on our behalf. And we just pray right now that you would strengthen uh, my brother, that you would continue to help him walk in forgiveness, especially when feelings come back or memories or just the enemy of his souls would want to do great damage. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, uh, it, it was definitely a, a, a hard, uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And uh, yeah. um, and as you said, it, it, it does it just because it's forgiven doesn't mean that I still don't struggle with it. Yes. Okay, brother. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Here's a great, uh, here's a great question uh, uh, that came through by text. So give me a call so we can get you on the air. Uh, but I've got a new email client, and it's changed the way. i got to get used to this new email client. But at any rate, uh, hey, Pastor Ed, what's good scripture to battle temptation? So I'm working on a book right now. Um, I'm done with it, actually. We just need to get it formatted. Uh, that is 10 verses on different topics. And I have the one that's open to 10 Bible verses about temptation. I'm also point, posting these on my, my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. But I haven't got to the T's yet. I'm actually going to ask one of the brothers on our team to start posting these for me. Um, but I've got all these verses for temptation ready for you. All you need to do is email me. They won't be able to go over text. So you should email me, Pastor Ed at Calvary CO, that stands for Colorado, Pastor Ed at Calvary CO dot church. And Psalm 139, verse 23, Proverbs 1, verse 10, Matthew 4, verse 1, Matthew 6, verse 13. As you can see, we can go on and on about temptation. I would love to share this with you. And you just reminded me, we got to get this book formatted. And it's going to, I forget what, I forgot what I was going to call it, but it is, how many categories we have? There are 157 categories of verses, 10 verses for 157 categories, like work, witnessing, wisdom, weariness. And I'm confident it will be a great tool for you. Um, and we put a lot of hard work into getting this done. Now we just got to get it past the finish line. But we're working on a couple other projects. So I'm, I'm going to ask you before I get back to the phone lines, would you please pray for me? Because I have three projects on top of everything that we're doing that I'm working on right now and, and with alongside of my new assistant, Julie. And one of them is translating God's help for the troubled heart into Spanish. And we are at the finish line with that book, uh, God's Help for the Troubled Heart, that I wrote after the passing of my son. There's a great picture in the front of the book of the three of us, the only picture that exists of me, 
my son and my grandson while I could while I was still allowed to see him. Uh, the three of us are in a picture together, and it's a treasure, man. Um, so good, and and the picture is 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 in my possession because we have a friend who loves to take pictures. She they were at our church back then. They've since moved back to California, and she just pushed us to get together for this picture. Like she just you, she's like that. She's like she's been like that with her family. She's just a prolific photographer, and she pushed us to take that picture after Christmas services. I think it was, but at any rate, it's in the front of the book, as well as a picture of our family, uh, because the book was inspired by the death of my son, uh, and. I just felt, man, I want to dedicate it to my son, to my grandson, uh, and to my family. So at any rate, project number one. Project number two, I'm writing a new book, collaborating with a sister in our church named Kathy, uh, who's also an author herself. She's helping me put a book together. We don't know the title yet, uh, but I've got five chapters in front of me that I need to read. Uh, But it's how to deal with your past, how to deal with the guilt, shame, uh, and I think that's probably what it's going to be. How do I deal with my past? Something like that. Um, it's going to, it's powerful. How do I deal with guilt, condemnation, forgiveness, anger, uh, bitterness? It's powerful. I taught this as a series to our church and now we're editing it uh, in book form and we're probably, uh, you know, 50, 60% done. Um, it's waiting a lot for me. And then the third project is this, book of 157 topics of 10 verses. And uh, it just seems like we work in spurts around this place. And now that Refresh is over, uh, our ministry conference, we're going to get back to some of these projects. Before I get back to the phone lines, I also want to let you know that um, Refresh, our ministry conference, was the absolute best ever of all the refreshes we did. And and I may tell you, all most of our refreshes have been very, very good. Uh, but this one was the best of the best. Best Q&A panel that I have ever heard or been on in all the conferences that I've taught at or attended in the last 25 years, 30 years maybe. Uh, so get the studies. They're available for free on our app. Just go to the App Store and put my name in there, Ed Taylor. T-A-Y-L-O-R, and our app will pop up. Download it, turn on notifications, and go for it. It's under conferences. I think it has its own. It says refresh. It's got its own thing on the homepage. Or go to our website, calvaryco.church. Listen or watch those studies, and then give us your feedback. I think you'll be blessed. The best. It was the best. Unbelievable. I don't even know how to describe it. Almost a 1,000 people were here. We're praying to fill the sanctuary. Our sanctuary only fits... 1300 so we want to see 1300 people here and if god lets us do it next year 13 we want to fill the sanctuary um to capacity so that we can be a tool in the hands of god to encourage you in your service that's what it is it's really a ministry service conference but it's not a conference it's different i don't know how to describe it you just got it's something you got to experience it's an experience that's probably the best way to describe it it's an experience it's not just, I'll sit through studies all day and, uh, you know, although we will teach the Bible, we value the Bible verse by verse. And we value worship. We also value fellowship and prayer and we value eating together and 
bring the in and out truck and food trucks. It's a, it's an experience. It's an event. We have people around the country, even out from Pakistan and Brazil. We had people from all over the world. And you need to be next. And you guys in Amarillo, uh, Pastor Bill brought a big group from Amarillo. So shout out to my friends in Amarillo. We love you guys. Love to partner with you. Uh, let's get back to the phone lines. Thornton, Colorado. Madeline, welcome to the program. Hey, Madeline, you're on the air. All right, let me read the question. Uh, it says, she has a question about suicide. What happens to people that commit suicide? Well, if they're a believer, absent from the body and present with the Lord. If they're an unbeliever, they'll spend eternity apart from God. The mechanism by which a person dies does not determine their destiny. And I know it's a sensitive topic and hard to talk about, but I'm grateful that God does not judge us for the last act that we commit on earth, whether it be something like suicide. You know, I, I know I know this to be true. Anyone that has committed suicide was tormented, struggling, and came to the conclusion that they had no other option. It was a wrong conclusion, I know. And it was a hard conclusion, very painful, sometimes very selfish. But it, their minds all mixed, mixed up. Their emotions are firing on all cylinders. And they, they chose a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, and my heart goes out to those who have survived uh, those that have committed suicide. It's a very painful um, and Madeline, it says that your husband committed suicide and I'm sorry, um, as well as your granddaughter, but if they were believers, the blood of Jesus Christ covers all our sin. And I do not believe the Bible teaches that suicide is, that suicide is the unforgivable sin. Now, let me just say and it's important that we clarify, if you're listening to me right now and you're considering suicide, do not do it. Please ask for help. I, I actually wrote a couple of articles on our website, on my website, edtaylor.org. What do I do with my thoughts of suicide? Uh, what do I do with my thoughts of suicide? I'm just going to read it. Flowing from grief and loss come the normal feelings and thoughts of wanting to escape the current pain you're experiencing. Those thoughts are normal. You never thought the pain would be so bad and so intense and so unrelenting. You may even begin thinking that you just can't make it out, make it without your loved one. or And then one thought leads to another and before you know it, you might have even considered taking your own life or how you would plan to take your own life. Please ask for help. Suicide is not the solution. When your thought life has developed a pattern of suicidal thinking, it's absolutely the time right now to ask for help. You need another voice in your life immediately. The problem you're facing right now 
on top of all the pain and sorrow is the only is is the the, the problem is that the only person you've been talking to is yourself and you're not getting good counsel from yourself suicide is a painful long-lasting decision to a short-term problem it will wreak havoc in your family among your friends for all those who care for you find someone you can trust and speak to them right away the fleeting thoughts of wanting to escape the pain are normal even our brother paul the great apostle thought about dying even is even better in philippians chapter 1 so never neglect or ignore a pattern of suicidal thoughts in your life reach out to someone right away you're right it may be difficult hard and even humbling but your life is worth it allow someone to walk this path with you call 911 call a family or friend Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor coming to you live from the studios here in Grace FM. Grace FM is a radio network that covers 80% of Colorado's population reaches up to our friends up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and parts of Nebraska, goes from Wyoming to the tip of Pueblo West, and we're praying for one more station. And so when you remember us, please pray for us. Um, same with Radio by Grace. They're always expanding. Shout out to our friends in Amarillo. Same with Hope FM. Pastor Bill's always expanding. Truth FM, I think they just got two new stations and then Higher Rock Radio just got the license for full power in Boise. <laughs> it's just so cool. Uh, and and it reminds me uh, that we need financial support. Uh, so wherever you're listening to this program, whatever station you're listening to, support that station. Would you please? Uh, we're, we're always in need of support for us at Grace FM. Uh, so go to our website, gracefm.com. We have a Grace Partner Package. That if you commit to monthly support at different levels, we send you different things. Just kind of our way of saying thank you and encouraging you, blessing you as gifts. Uh, and uh, we have quite a few grace partners. And our goal, it would be really amazing. Um, I don't know. It's, it's impossible, of course. So you got to set impossible gods, so you, goals so you can see an impossible a God of the possible do the impossible. Well, we would love to see grace partners be the largest share of financial support for our station. And I know not everybody can do it. The economy's tough right now, but um, I would never want you to give to harm. Never give um, never give to, some, to someone before you give to your church first. And then even though I'm the host right now on Grace FM, if you hear this program on another station, don't give to us. Give to the station you're listening to. Uh, to the network you're listening to, and and the Lord will bless it. I mean, seriously, He uses He He COVID reawakened radio, and don't let all the corporations or the big dogs uh, get all the attention. Let these church, the station you're listening to right now, is run by a church. Think about that. Think about if your church had a radio station. So it's run by a church, not a corporation. Support them financially, and if you're listening on Grace FM, straight up, go to Grace FM. Dot com gracefm.com I want to take this prayer request before I get to the phone lines 
Hey, happy Thursday. It's Esther from Amarillo asking for prayer for my pastor Bill and his wife Cindy. Thank God for the gifts they've received to help us with our walk and that God would bless and protect them. Father, I pray for my friend, my very, very good friend, Bill and Cindy and the Fellowship family at Grace uh, Church. And I appreciate with Esther the ministry that flows through their life. And we pray for their protection and their strength and that you would have your way with them, using them in these latter years more fruitful than all their previous years. In Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let me see here. We've got some phone calls waiting. Go to Iowa. Davenport, Iowa. Josh, welcome to the program. All right. Uh, thank you so much. So You're welcome. I, I really liked what you said to the last caller um, about, you know, things that you could say to someone in a difficult place. Yes. And sometimes, you know, I'll have people in my life that are in a difficult place. And I want to say things that are in line with that. Yeah. But there's this poll, you know, they want it something that isn't that. Um, and sometimes, you know, you're feeling like you're almost pulled in to a, that gravity of how they're feeling. Yes. Or there's this temptation that you want to fix how they're feeling so much that you sort of almost encourage, to sound stupid, but you encourage the mindset that got okay. them there. Yes. And you want to, you want to fix their problems and you end up enabling them, right? Okay. You want to fix their financial problems. You mm-hmm. want to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. The, you know, this this problem isn't yours. That It really, you know, if they worked out more or ate better, it wouldn't be a problem, right? So you, but, but if you do say those things, not all the time, but some of the time, you do not get a good <laughs> reaction. Sure. Um, so I don't know how to skillfully give them... I, and maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Maybe it's just listening. I don't know. But I don't know what approach to do. Like, you know, some of it would, I would think, be saying some of the things that you said. Sure. But some of that what isn't always, you know, uh, received well. Well, I think that what you're describing really varies from person to person, right? Because you got personalities. You have uh situations that are different, personalities that are different. Um, and it's a skill that you develop, um, over time to, to get people to talk to you, you know? And I think that when you are, if, if you have a long-term possibility of a long-term relationship, then many of your conversations are developing so that you get to the next conversation and the next conversation, right? You're building trust. You're a listening ear, um, you're drawing out information, right? You can you can only help a person with the information that they give you, uh, and so you're you're talking and listening and carefully praying quietly before the Lord for wisdom on what to say and how to say it. Um, but I, I like there's a couple a couple things that I like to do. Number one is I I like to remember that um, your story is important. You know, like this program, right? This radio program. Um, my opinions are very irrelevant. They're not, they don't matter. Um, you're the caller you called us. So my, my approach to you is immediately to let you talk. 
right? I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. So I want to let you talk. I want to, uh, hopefully not. I mean, with you, I didn't have to, right? You, we, we're having a great conversation, but sometimes there's a mm-hmm. caller. I got to interrupt them. It's like, hey, this is a family mm-hmm. program or something. But like, I'm generally going to let you talk, listen to you carefully, respond to you. And my first response is probably going to be something soft, soft, because mm-hmm. I want you to keep talking. And I want you to picture in your mind a tennis match. Are you familiar with tennis match? You watch those? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so think of the conversation mm-hmm. as that tennis ball. Hmm. And the whole goal of tennis is to get the ball in the other side. You're not to leave it on your side, but to keep that. Actually, if you're playing tennis properly, you're keeping it back and forth pretty regularly. Yeah. There's no comp- now, the The illustration breaks down because in a conversation, there's no competition. But the idea is if... If you hit the ball to my side, then I have to, I, I'm obligated to get it back to your side, and I hope I get it back in such a way that you can hit it. I want you to bring. I want that back and forth, back and forth, because the most that you know, kind of like when you're volleying for practice, you know, the whole goal is not mm. to slam it. I just want you back and forth, back and forth, and the more you share with me, the more you tell me, even if it's controversial. You know, even if it's weird, sometimes you uh, this program is a good example of that. You might hear somebody go, man, Ed, why in the world would you let him say that? Well, I need to hear how he thinks, you know, and I, I need to listen to how does he formulate things? Because then I want to attach my answer to his thinking. Uh, my whole goal is not to win an argument. My whole goal is not mm-hmm. to um, come out smart or whatever. My whole goal is to help someone. And I'm but, it's yeah. it's it's on me to help someone, not on them. So that's number one. Number two, if I, if if, even on a, let's just say a short thing, let's just say you had something controversial. One of the tools that I use, well, before I get to the tool, another thought I have is the difference between, you know, sometimes you can, you, you can say something where you're face to face, right? And it's kind of uncomfortable. Have you ever had anybody that, that invades your space and talks right up in your face? Have you ever ever met anybody like that? My my (laughs) ex-wife. Okay. So, you know, it's like you try to move, but that's just their style. Um, and that's super uncomfortable, but you know, we could deal with it. Um, but that's not, you know, sometimes hard words have to be said that way. You know, maybe if you're raising a kid, you might have to hold their head and say, look me in the eye. That's reserved for really difficult conversations. But in my mind, I like to picture walking side by side with someone, you know, putting my arm around them like I do with my kids. And let's go talk about, let's talk about this. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking with you. Um, and then a, a third thing, if it gets really hard and they don't want to listen to me, I, I then I kind of kick in another illustration in my mind and I pretend in my mind there's a table between us. And if I, because I could get ticked off too, right? I can start arguing. I don't want to argue, but I could be easily tempted to argue and get all uncomfortable. And so I try to picture a table between us. And instead of talking to them, I just, my mind, I'm just putting ideas on the table. If they want to pick them up, great. But I'm not going to argue with them about it. This is what I believe. This is what I think. This is why. And I hope you pick them up. Mm. But, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going after mm. you. I don't have anything to prove to you. Um, even if you want to argue with me. So those are, those are little tools that I use. And then one tool that I use, if God's given me something for them, is I will ask them permission. I will say, is it okay? Or are you ready to hear something really hard? Yeah, yeah. And almost always. I can't really even think anytime somebody said no to that. And then I'll share it. 
and it's super hard and you could see it on their face and you could see it on their body language. And I do recall on a few occasions, I said, but you gave me permission. You can't be mad at me. You gave me permission. (laughs) And again, this is all in the context of relationship, right? It's, it's not this one off that somebody's yelling at you at the supermarket or something. This is more an ongoing, maybe somebody at work or a family member where time is involved, right? Every relationship is built on time and testing. Um, and difficult conversations sometimes are a form of testing of our relationships. Mm, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So is there a kind of, so we should be doing, well, I guess you are doing testing the way, way you're describing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, in um, and of itself it is. Let's just say you disagree with me right now. Well, how we deal uh, with the disagree, if I start yelling at you, we're probably not going to have mm-hmm. a good relationship. If you, you know, cuss me out mm-hmm. on the radio and we have to bleep you, we're probably not mm-hmm. going to... We're probably going to put your name on the no-call list, right? We're going to say, we can't let that brother on anymore. Like, that's a test. The whole conversation, the tension in and of itself is the test. And how we Uh respond and how we get through it will tell us if we're going to have a better relationship later or we're not going to have a relationship at all. Okay. Yeah, your your first point, what it made me think of, was making the other per- saying something to make the other person thoughtful, like not just giving them the answer almost. Is that is that right, or do you do you right. have a different approach? Yeah, no, with, with I, and that's a yeah. that's another that is a beautiful uh, reminder to me because you, the important there a real important part of these kind of conversations is asking open ended questions. Not close-ended questions like, well, what do you think? I mean, do you really think that uh, so-and-so is X, Y, Z? And then that's a yes or no question. It doesn't really afford the opportunity for what do you think about X, Y, Z? That's a very different question. And it actually can be asked like it respects you. That question respects your point of view. It respects even if I don't agree with you, I'm inviting you to share with me what you think. Another open-ended questions are essential well, can you give me another example of where you would maybe test someone in a in a useful way in a way that's helpful or maybe that's the main way that you're describing well i mean i wouldn't say i when i i uh, when i think when i think of testing i don't think of that's my i'm not i'm not the one doing it the situation is doing it like I, i'm not interested in testing someone i'm, I'm more interested in com- conversing with someone but but a difficult conversation the way you describe it in and of itself is a, is a test on the relationship. And, you know, think about uh, an uncle who you're blood related to, like you have a blood relationship with them, but if you're going to have a personal relationship with them, only time and testing how you get through the difficult times will either develop it or disintegrate it. So like a, like a difficult time, like if, like if like maybe he's like just so your example like he stole from me and like how we yeah. work through that conflict yes. or something like that yep. okay yeah that's a good that's a good example or um you know you have different appoint you know he's your uncle so yeah he has different opinions about your dad um you okay. think one way about your dad because he's your dad he thinks another way mm-hmm. about your dad because he's his, he's your brother um okay. and let's just say you guys are talking about that at thanksgiving and he goes oh your dad is xyz and he starts you know really putting him down and belittling him. And you're like, bro, that's my dad. And then he responds, you know what? You've always been a horrible kid. I never liked you. I don't like your dad. I don't like you. Okay. Well, that's a good indication that your relationship's probably not going to progress very far until he changes his attitude. 
So those are, yeah, so those are two situations. One is clearly wrong and one is maybe need to be tweaked, like the criticism of my dad, because feedback is important, right? Well, but, it, depends um, on, it depends on what the feedback is, because... Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to invite everyone just to tear up my family. It's like if you got your own problems, yeah, exactly. The no, Bible I, I, says I, I, to go to them. I don't want to be a part of it. It's meant like it's not as clear cut that like that was purely bad. You know what I mean? I, I guess my question is, so how how do you balance the? I guess I would I, like confronting uh, like sin and injustice with also being forgiving and understanding and, and doing the other things we've been talking about. Well, I mean, Jesus came in grace and truth. So uh-huh. I, I don't think what you described are actually two different things. Confronting in truth and grace is important. Um, it's how you confront that's probably the most important piece of that. Are you going to confront it in, in a in a way where you're just going to slam that ball down someone's throat? And you made your point, but you really didn't. Um, because you conveyed information, but it didn't really draw out any kind of positive reaction from the person. So the, there is no, there is, it's kind of a false dichotomy. You know, how do you stand for uh, truth and justice, you know, and righteousness, and at the same time confront? Well, you do it in love. You speak the truth in love, the Bible says. What, I'm, what I worry more about myself is that at least normally, is um, the other, I guess what I think of as the other direction, which is like you think you're being forgiving, but you're, you're ignoring behavior or you're, you're, um, you're, like I said, agreeing with their worldview, which is like, no, just because your family went through, through things doesn't mean that stealing is always okay. Yeah. No, of course. And that's, um, uh, you know, that's where you gotta, you've got to really be careful in order to, persuade someone and offer again that's probably something that you're gonna to have to think of the table right and you're just gonna to have to put some alternative ideas down that they can chew on that they can come to a conclusion later that kind of situation is not going to be solved in one conversation it's just not person's convinced you know these things have happened to me and they have and we don't want to minimize trauma or we don't want to minimize hurt or we don't want to minimize the emotional side of people and so what you're describing in this five minute phone call is is yeah, really yeah. a complex, um, yeah, varied situation that depends on the person and the circumstances. But the good news is this, that the good news in our conversation is really, here's the summary. Jesus said to his disciples when he sent them out, he said that when they were brought before the rulers, they didn't need to worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit would give them the words that they needed to share in that scenario. And I believe that's true for us too. The Holy Spirit is with us. We can depend upon him. We can we can lean upon him in prayer. And we can trust that as we're submitting and abiding in Christ, that God is going to give us the words, even if we don't think they were strength, you know, even if we don't think they worked or whatever, the Holy Spirit's going to use them. He's going to be with us and we're not alone in these situations. I think you just answered my follow-up question, but I'd like to answer it, ask it anyway. Um, and then people can assume you can answer or not because I think it's already answered. But okay, go ahead. Um, how how can you tell um, if if it's your role to confront something? Because just as an example, I heard fighting in a neighboring apartment recently. Okay, and I thought, oh, this almost seems like something where they could use some help. They could use something. But I, then I thought to myself, that's not 
my role, probably. I mean, maybe it's someone else's role, like a, a wise police officer, hopefully yeah, wise. I mean, but I mean, you got to think probably you... not going to help me if I go and can help, try to help them. <laughs> maybe, but you got to think about a few things. You know, if you hear, obviously, if it's right, if a fight like that rises to the level where someone's in danger, then you want to get the police involved, um, and you have to make that that call. If it's a typical marriage fight. Uh, you may find that the next day you meet the guy on the way to the car and when you guys are going to the to the garage and you go, hey, are you okay, bro? I heard you guys uh, fighting and I just want to let you know that I prayed for you. Like you you want to you, you want to step into someone's life. You want to invite yourself into their life. You want to build like, if, of course, if there's a safety issue, get the cops involved right away. That's what they're there for. The police are there to protect but if it's a typical, I mean, we lived in apartments for many years, Marie and I, um, and our neighbors were fighting all the time. And I remember getting involved and, and, uh, and many times, but, it, but I mean, the fight's going to end and they're still going to be my neighbor. So I want to learn how to be a good neighbor to them. It's more than the fight. And if there's some safety issue, of course, we're going to make a safety decision. But if it's a love decision, then there's a lot of different ways to handle that. And I think just by praying, the Holy Spirit will help you on what decision to make. And you may not get involved at all. You might just pray. And that's how God wants to use you. And, and through your prayers, God preps them and somebody at work gets involved. But, you know, we don't know. Some people plant the seed, some people water, but only God gives the increase. So, so this might seem like an obvious question, but but like what what's the right way to pray about something like that? Well, I like, mean... I mean you just, just mentally like ask yourself, like not ask yourself, but ask for guidance. I mean, or is there more to it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very it'd be like just like you having me a conversation with the with the on the radio right now. You say what comes to mind. God, I hear this this uh, argument. It's uh-huh. the second time in two weeks. Uh, God, I pray that there be they'd be safe. Give me wisdom if mm-hmm. I should call the cops. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just a t- typical prayer like that, and then you. Amen it and wait to see if God gives any direction. Do you have any emphasis, you know, anything mm-hmm. that might re- re- require action? Um, it, it, it all varies. It would be hard to give a one-size one yeah. answer for the scenario you described. No, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. All right. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Very, I think that's very helpful. I think uh, it was very helpful for the listeners, too. God bless you, brother. You, too. All right. Bye-bye. All right, let's head over to Stephen in Amarillo, Texas. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hello, Brother Ed. I'm Hello. excited with the praise report today. Good, I'd love to hear it. Hey, if you remember a few weeks back, maybe a, a month ago, we prayed over one of my friends from the Marine Corps that was being held in captivity in Venezuela. Oh, wow. What and, happened? So in October 1st, he was actually released. Oh, that's fantastic. And right now he is back home with his family. He had been held in captivity for two years. Wow. And and so, um, man, it's a praise report. Like my friend Matthew Heath is back home in Knoxville, Tennessee. And any time that uh, you want to offer up prayers for him, he's been through a really traumatic experience. But all glory to Jesus for just yeah. getting him home. Yes, yes. Father, we rejoice Thank you for hearing our prayers, and I'm grateful our prayers were lining up with your will that this man was released, and I know he's got a lot of PTSD and trauma and things that will be challenging uh, as he readjusts 
out of captivity. So I pray for mercy, God, that you would be merciful upon him as he relates and adjusts to his new life, having these two years of great pain and trauma. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to pray for the people in the Weld County Jail that are locked away from their loved ones without any chance of visitors. Because of COVID and the shortage in staff, they've been in solitary type of confinement. Uh, My son has been there uh, for a year without any visitation, wife, family, or friends. They do get to listen to Grace FM every once in a while, and my son's name is Levi. So I want to pray for this parent that is praying for her own son, Levi, Uh, Father, I pray for Levi and the prisoners uh, in the Well County Jail, the people that have been in a forced isolation because of COVID, staffing shortages, and jail is already hard enough, paying the price for their legal sins, but this has made it so much harder. And so I pray for Levi and his friends. I pray that Grace FM will be an encouragement to him unlike any other station more the word of god is more encouraging than than worship music than christian music than secular music than political talk radio it's the word of god alone builds us and strengthens us faith comes by hearing we declare god and agree with your word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god and i pray for those in weld county <clears throat> jail and levi in particular I also pray, God, for Grace FM. I pray that you would open a door right now, even now start to arrange it somehow that we could buy another radio station down in Canyon City or give us a bigger station in Colorado Strings. Put it on someone's heart to give us a radio station that shoots all the way down into the 13 prisons in Canyon City and Trinidad or wherever that, whatever that city is down there. You know where they are. Strong signal, God, not like the smaller signal we have right now, but we pray for a strong signal. We pray for a big station. You know that we 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 could we would really like to do it just by replacing our Colorado Springs station, God. That's our heart, and it would save us a lot of money, uh, and it would be used for your glory, God. You gave us a radio station. You've already given us two um, and made them, given us the money to buy them. And so we just pray as I think about the prisoners in all those 13 prisons, especially the federal supermax prison down there, but all of them and all the families that move down there. We just pray according to your word in the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's been a great show today. I uh, and I'm grateful that the, um, the Lord has been faithful to us. I'm going to get Jackie on real quick in Aurora. Jackie, we have 60 seconds before the pro- the program ends. Go ahead and give it to us, Jackie. Hi. So I asked you guys to pray for me on um, back in the 19th of September because I was yes. going in for yes. surgery for uterine cancer. Yes. Well, they caught all the cancer. It's huh. 100% yes. and I praise God. And That's I awesome. Praise very much. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy with you, Jackie. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, we're happy. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Lord, we rejoice with Jackie for this diagnosis in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. It don't come. Yeah. We, yes. Thank you, Jackie. We got to go. 
Thank you. Bye-bye. I also pray today, God, for Jim, as Marie and I go visit him in the prison. He's not in prison. (laughs) Go visit him in the hospital right now after the program. I pray you would help him and Velma uh, be encouraged in this challenging surgery he just went through and just the prognosis, God, that he'd be encouraged. So we pray for, for Jim and Velma right now and prepare them for our visit in Jesus' name. Amen. So pray for me. I'll be doing a hospital visit right now as soon as I sign off in a couple seconds and be at church this week. Uh, I'd love to uh, serve you and our team. We just finished Refresh. We're all so encouraged. We're back in the book of Acts. And you can join us no matter where you live. We broadcast all of our services live on Grace FM. We broadcast all of our services live online on Facebook, on YouTube, on our website, calvaryco.church. On our app, you've got to get our app. Everything we've ever done, all the resources, well, many of the resources we have are on our app. Go to your app store, put in my name, Ed Taylor. Our app pops up. It's been newly redesigned. Pastor Josh put a lot of work into that. Newly redesigned, ready to go. Um, We get thousands upon thousands of people checking out our app every month. So join them. Turn on notifications. We'd love to stay in touch with you. I send an encouraging note every morning at 8 a.m. It wakes you up or gets you ready at work, encourages you. So get our app. Go to your app store, put my name, Ed Taylor, turn on notifications. Love you guys. So grateful to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. Stay strong in the grace of Jesus. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.